0: looking at handguns. I want to buy another handgun. Is this because we're going there?
1: That's exactly what I said. I was like, is it because we're coming?
0: No, no. I've got plenty
1: for you guys. Oh, thanks. Makes, makes us feel safe.
0: Well, you should. I have guns. Uh, yeah,
1: but you're going to use them on us. That's what we we're saying. I, I,
0: I see a nice gun for Wayne. It's a, it's a if Ruger. It's,
1: is it pink? I'm going to punch you.
0: <laughs> I, another, I got another gun for Wayne.
2: <laughs> Is it Pierce? It's purple. I knew it was going to be Is purple. Is it, it shaped like a dick? Kinda. <laughs> Is it shaped like a little dick?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, revolvers got expensive. Good lord. Two grand. God damn! What kind of revolver is that? Oh, that was a that was a Colt.
1: was um, it a velvet revolver?
0: No, it's not a velvet. Ooh, this is weird. Oh, here's Adam's gun. It is a oh, Glock Jesus. 17.
1: And does it live by the water?
0: No, it's in Tiffany blue. <laughs> <laughs> it would bring out your eyes.
2: I have brown eyes. But it would
0: pop. It would be like bam. Uh-huh. It's a nice. It's a, actually it's a it's a pretty gun. I think you know if you if if Wayne got the purple and you got the teal, and I have the normal one. Rum, I think we'd You're, you're be so weird.
2: You're so weird. Is that <laughs> is that is that what the Savannah Gun Club does? They talk get around and talk about. Oh look, I got a pretty yellow one. <laughs> I don't know. Your orange one is pretty ugly. I don't know if uh, like to me that doesn't say runaway robber. It says. Hello, fella. I don't understand why they have guns in different colors like that. I don't understand it, why you're looking at guns it, in different colors. It's, well,
1: so,
0: ju- it's just on the list. I'm going through a, a broker right it's now. It's for
1: ladies. Yeah, but why
0: does a lady need a freaking bright pink or bright orange gun? Because they accessorize
1: pink. with everything, dude. Come on now.
3: I'm Evan Rabelais. I don't know what the fuck you're doing here.
1: Welcome back to the MHOG Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne, and sitting next to me is... Chicho.
2: No, I'm just kidding. It's Adam. (laughs) Hi, Chicho. (laughs) No, actually, I do know a guy whose nickname is Chicho. I have no idea why. I don't even know what that means.
1: Oh, I don't know what it means either. Was pretty funny. Yeah,
2: He was a nice guy. Was he? Speaking of nice guys, we got at least one on on the line, uh, not counting our co-host.
3: Hey, I'm the rum guy.
2: But the nice guy is... (laughs)
3: <laughs> you're talking to me I don't
2: I don't believe that at all oh uh, well, actually I, I, every the only thing I know about you is that you're uh, is not necessarily that you're a nice guy. The only thing I know about you is that you're thought of by at least two people as a piece of shit, yes, but unlike yeah. some people I didn't think I'd, I, I didn't want to just bring it up first thing.
3: Well you know that's been my introduction on at least three podcasts now is this next piece of shit why? Mm because uh, i'm i'm loved is, is uh, about all i can say is it I is did. it because
2: you're funnier than chase myers and josh watts is that why they're so resistant oh. to you
3: <laughs> oh fuck yeah i'm funnier than those two <laughs>
2: <laughs> see there there it comes that's why okay we finally discovered why evan piece of shit rabelais <laughs> is referred to that way because he is way funnier than Chase Myers and Josh Watt.
1: That's it. We're throwing down the comedic gauntlet right now,
0: which jo- will probably come in handy, isn't? On an upcoming show.
1: Yes,
2: Jewish, <laughs> Jewish Yeti, my ass. More like unfunny Yeti.
3: What? He's not even Jewish. And, <laughs> and his manservant. What a misnomer that is.
2: Would you like to cut a wrestling promo against those two? Come
3: uh, on, do it. <laughs> I'm I'm the least of a re- I'm uh the not a wrestling fan out of the three of us. Like I I don't watch wrestling at all. Those two fucking love it. They have cut wrestling promos for all kinds of shit, but not me.
2: Well, I that mean, would... we weren't expecting you to actually wrestle them, though.
3: No, no, no. It would be really funny, though. Uh, that's I... the one spot I would lose for sure. They're bigger uh, than me.
2: Well, look, I got your back. I'll be your tag team partner. I'm a big dude.
3: Oh, good. Glad to know I have uh have friends in high places. <laughs>
2: No, no, no the 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 high the high guy is wrong. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're just I'm not the high guy. I'm <laughs> clean. Sometimes you're clean.
2: That's also a misnomer.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yes, uh, Mr. Evan Rabelais uh, is a stand-up from Baton Rouge, and is. he is going to be appearing on our show yeah. on December sixth, which is known as the Wild Bunch. Yes, it's
1: the or? Wild Bunch. I don't know why I didn't name it that, but it's it is awesome. the Wild I didn't name it Bunch.
2: That either uh <laughs> so so uh evan uh i understand you're you're actually uh a fairly young comic not not as in new but as in literally
3: well relatively new but also yes i am i'm uh, only 22 years old oh wow i'm, I'm di- a wit baby is what i am <laughs> when did you start i was uh 20 when i started
2: all right so three years that's a, a pretty well, decent amount of time uh
0: well, how did this all
3: transpire? Me starting comedy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wanted to be an actor, but then I hated auditions. So I went to stand-up comedy.
2: Mm. That's pretty <laughs> easy. Mm. So none of the glamour and none of the money. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> uh, it, but, the only thing that could be worse is if you were a podcaster. Exactly. <laughs> no glamour and no money whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, but but uh, they actually, despite calling you a consistent piece of shit, uh, both Chase and Josh seem to think very highly of you. So you you must be a shining gem in the Baton Rouge comedy community.
3: Well, you know, there's only so much to to shine from. It's a very small community you're talking about.
2: Oh, uh, really? I've I've never seen uh I've never seen any stand up in Baton Rouge. The the little that I've seen, um, as far as Louisiana shows anyway, has has been here. Uh, mostly in New Orleans, and the show that you 're doing is really it 's all
1: Baton Rouge comics, except for um oh uh, the host J. potter B- J.
3: okay <laughs> biggest piece of shit of them all
2: <laughs> yeah, mr Potter
1: himself I actually actually, actually Mr. Potter's the one who recommended you by the way
3: oh. piece of shit to his face <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel the love with these comics, don't y'all yeah it's
0: almost like yeah. us,
2: oh. Why is somebody getting jerked off at the show too? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, what's Very the uh, comedy scene like in Baton Rouge? I've, I've I'm not really familiar. Well, with there's the three comics. In Georgia, but...
3: I'm going to stop joking for a little bit. It's a uh, talented, but there's just not a lot of places to go to for uh, us to show off. Mm. Okay. The of, uh, few comedians that we have that stick around and do it all the time, they're actually really, really good, and uh, I can actually enjoy their comedy. But uh, we don't have a lot of places to go, and that uh, we only have two. Mike now which is sad and uh hopefully we get some more soon because I'm sick of driving to New Orleans all talk all the fucking time <laughs> understood
2: <laughs> um I feel well, like hey, New Orleans you can put
3: Savannah on your on your
0: list
2: and just drive a little further yeah
3: well you know what I've been planning to go to Georgia pretty uh, pretty soon so who knows
2: you want to ride we're going uh we're leaving we're going, thanksgiving we're leaving thursday
3: eh, i'll skip on that particular offer but uh <laughs> <laughs>
2: What's the matter, boy? You want to ride in a car with two big, burly, sexy men? Mm,
1: yeah. Uh, I do not. Well, uh, he will be riding with two men when he comes down here. Yeah, but I
2: said burly and sexy. Well, they well, got at least true. they got at least one of those.
1: Burly, yeah. Yeah, yeah neither of them are sexy. <laughs> yeah,
2: we, on the other hand, are the world's sexiest podcasters. Yes. Confirmed by whatever that fucking horse shit like, uh, records book is. Damn vodka straight. the vodka world records vodka Club? world records yes that's right world sexiest podcasters confirmed <laughs> right by vodka world records that's
0: Wendy awesome on.
2: well you know it's all those pictures that i put up on the internet of me in a, in a banana hammock
3: uh, there's you know once again there's worse things to say uh looking on the internet that was the worst thing that we talked about earlier that's <laughs> that's <laughs> the worst thing to be looking at hey
2: hey don't knock it till you tried it buddy
0: Actually, it's an actual hammock between two trees. It
2: just—it's yellow and kind of looks like a banana. Mm. Uh, that
3: makes much more sense. No, it's yeah, just yeah. so big that
2: that's what Rum thinks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you fucking wishes. <laughs> Not really.
2: Like we, every, everyone always jokes about. Like, yeah, I got like a two-foot dick. That shit would suck. Can you imagine if you got an erection and you had a two-foot dick?
1: Yeah, it would knock over shit.
2: Well, you'd have to like buy like, new pants every every well, five minutes.
1: First off, you would pass
3: out.
2: um it depends maybe you have a lot of blood i don't know that's possible
3: and i I, pack out with a one foot dick i couldn't imagine
2: (laughs) but you know uh there would be a whole new industry of breakaway pants just based on you well
1: that's true Uh, you know if i had a two foot dick hell if i had a one foot dick i wouldn't wear pants ever
0: oh man that would be awful after a while it's
2: I feel like that would be a new level of obscenity. I think, I I think, think there would be laws. I think laws
0: after a while, you'd just be a little gamey. I mean, you just. Well, no, don't. I mean, I would
1: shower. No, 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 no. It's no, not no. that I would walk around, no fucking. Yeah, I'm just going to. Just because I don't wear pants doesn't mean I don't shower.
2: I don't well, think you'd be gamey. I mean, if anything, you'd be less gamey than the average male because. Because I'd air out all the yeah, time. Yeah, it'd just be like the wind on your nuts.
0: Yeah, but I mean, then you get like, you know, like <laughs> smog build up all over it. Smog? Yeah, what I'd is know, it, the person. fucking Eiffel Tower? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: with that Just saying. It, you know, it, it would get kind of... I don't know. Things birds would land on it. That'd be painful.
3: You're at a park. You sit down on a park bench. All of a sudden, your two-foot-long dick hits a puddle. That's a, ru- a day-ruiner right there.
2: <laughs> yeah, because then you'd have to pee.
1: Yeah, it'd probably be mm. cold. Birds would land on it. Yeah. yeah. And
2: on that, that note, back to the career of our, our guest, <laughs> Mr. Evan... POS Rabelais um, so what uh, have you have you done any traveling outside of New Orleans?
3: Oh yeah uh, I've done shows in Texas Alabama Mississippi uh, Florida uh, pretty much the Gulf Coast Cool, cool. Sweet. Well, what's what's,
0: what, what's a good memorable moment from one of those traveled shows that that really pops out in your mind
3: oh there's there's a few good ones. I actually recently went to uh we took a me and another Baton News comic Mike Honore we took a trip to Huntsville, Alabama on a Friday, and then the next day we were in Montgomery, Alabama. And uh, in Montgomery, we there was no one in Montgomery because Auburn fans went to Auburn to watch the game, and Alabama fans stayed home to watch the Alabama game that night. So we performed to 10 people in a bar, and the show ended as LSU was winning the uh, the football game they played that night. And so we were <laughs> among like 58 Fifty Alabama and Auburn fans, and we were just cheering alone in the corner of the bar. <laughs> it was like a Pace Picante commercial writ large. Get a rope. It was just—it's just, it, always a good feeling when I get to rub something in their face. That's all I get to do. And we're so, back to so the two-foot dick feeling.
2: thing. No. <laughs> 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 no, uh, that's cool. What? Um, uh, do you have a favorite club that you performed at?
3: Uh, well, best venue i performed at is probably the one that was in Huntsville that night. Uh, it's, there was this, it, we went to Huntsville and we, I had no idea what this venue was, but we pull up and uh, there was, it's like this big, old, abandoned shoe factory. And a billionaire a few years ago bought it and he gave it back to the city as a tax shelter. And the city converted it into an art center. And it's like a concert venue. Uh, there's like a thrift. Uh, there's like uh, there's like a flea market inside. I think it's a hobo camp at one place. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this sounds like the plot of a Scooby Doo cartoon.
3: Look, it, it was like a it was like a labyrinth in a Scooby Doo cartoon. It really was like we were walking around. It was fucking turvy <laughs> in there. There's like a hobo selling his beer bottle wind chimes to you while you're walking to a comedy theater that's inside on the second floor and it seats, like, 350 people.
2: Where does Walt Disney World get the balls to call themselves the happiest place on Earth when this, <laughs> this heaven on Earth exists in Huntsville, Alabama? I know, man. Jesus. Why are we going to Savannah?
3: And the whole time outside, there's, like, a concert going on. Like, families are gathered out there having the best time of their lives while 350 people are watching a really awesome comedy show. It was, it was one of the coolest places I've ever performed easily. Mm. <laughs> That does sound awesome.
1: I think I think I need to go buy some Hobo uh, Whim Chimes. Mm-hmm.
3: They weren't that good.
2: No, no. Damn it. But the Hobo oh. Stew was excellent.
3: Is I don't know what? why he didn't empty the beer bottles first. <laughs> 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 I've performed in a lot of really cool places. I'm, I'm really excited to see where else I can perform because I love just interesting shows. Not even necessarily good shows, just shows that leave an impression. Well, you'll, well, be, you'll be in... I'm sure that one of the tent for traveling
0: one. would be would be definitely an adventure. Trying to you know you don't know what you're walking into a lot of times.
3: Oh, absolutely not. Uh, in Montgomery, I, I I was able to walk on stage and they said, uh, "Alabama, I'm from Louisiana. Let's fucking fight about it." And we almost did. It was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs>
2: When uh when you do walk into like uh, a a bad venue something you know like the, that you just know this this isn't going to go uh north so to speak uh, what what's the attitude that you try to take when you're when you're performing?
3: You mean when I go to Bufa's on a Friday night? That's always. <laughs> uh, whenever I know it's going to be a bad show, I just kind of like it. It, it actually takes a lot of the fear away because like if it's a great show, I'm usually afraid that I won't be able to match. Like, I won't be able to get on par with the rest of the show. But if it's a shitty show, I'm like, oh, good. I can do anything and it's not going to go any- anywhere anyway. So I don't have to be afraid of anything happening because the worst that can happen probably already has. Uh, I can just fuck around and who gives a shit. So bad venues and bad crowds are usually more of a relief. It's when a good crowd goes bad that it's, you know, that's when it's really, you know, depressing. Oh. Uh, um,
2: what do you, do you prefer to perform like earlier in the set or later?
3: Uh it depends on my mood. I uh I don't like opening shows necessarily. Uh, I like going second or third. But uh if it depends on who else is on the show. Like if I really like a lot of the comedians on the show, I usually want to go earlier just so I can sit back and enjoy their sets without having to worry about what I'm gonna be t- uh talking about when I get up there. Uh and also I like I just enjoy the fact that I think they're better than me. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you ever use props in your show?
3: Uh no, and I'm offended that that question was asked. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Leave well, it to Rum to ask that question. You came the
2: right show to be offended, although I don't know why Rum came up with that question. That's, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was a stupid question. Are you, are you Carrot Top or Gallagher?
1: Which one do you like? Do you like to bring well, watermelons and a hammer? Know, sometimes sometimes
0: comedians do, on occasion, even though they don't use them all the time, do bring a prop up on stage.
2: I've literally, aside from Carrot Top and Gallagher, never seen a stand-up use a really? prop. Really?
0: Because I've seen quite a few.
1: <laughs>
2: Welcome to Savannah, folks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Remember, Evan, if you ever go to Savannah, bring some props.
3: No, you don't need a prop. I just thought I'd ask, like an airplane. I just like Bud Wire and bring a gun with me on stage, (laughs) (laughs) like
1: a like a damn uh, airplane prop or something. That that works too. Yeah.
2: Anyway, (laughs) hey
1: man, it's not my fault. Rum asked the questions.
0: I didn't think it was a bad question.
1: It was a good question. There's no stupid questions. <clears throat> yeah. Remember remember when your teachers used to tell you that? Yeah. This show is proof that there are plenty.
3: Okay. My teachers never told me they were dumb questions. They just let me sit in the corner and color. That's all they did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing to do to a tenth grader, you know? Yeah, that is kinda odd. <laughs> Boy Shit. get in the corner. Okay.
2: Uh my in my school they would just like let me sit in the corner and like sulk and they would yell faggot a lot so
3: I got that I got that in high school.
1: That was a Catholic school though.
2: It was actually a Catholic <laughs> school. I uh,
1: know. So uh,
2: good times.
0: Wayne uh Yes sir. What, uh, the uh you said the name of the show is The Rowdy Bunch? Um The Wild that? Bunch. The Wild Bunch. Oh, Wild Bunch. <laughs> yeah. It, That's really cool. I, I was looking at the posters and everything. I thought, it was yeah, um, cool. uh, it's a Wild West theme.
1: Miss Mandy came up with the uh, the idea that it was the Wild Bunch, which Evan, is which is cool.
2: Evan, we we should warn you now that we expect all the comedians to come up with Wild West theme stand up, like. You know, because the in order for the show to come off as realistic, you know. Have
3: you ever been so sad that your entire family died of dysentery? Me too. <laughs>
2: yes, go with that. That's perfect. I fully expect that joke to be
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> If I was a stand-up, I
2: think that's what I would do. I would just go for, like, bizarre sets that no one could ever decipher. Like, it wouldn't even be funny-bizarre. It would just be... Awkward-weird. Yeah. Yeah. Which is me in general. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I heard that. Don't you hate it when the sheriff gets shot and his blood fills into the water trough for your horse and your horse gets sick? It's a daily issue we all struggle with.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You should... You should have written for uh, that shitty uh, Wild West movie that uh, what's his name Seth MacFarlane did
1: I thought that was a good movie yeah I, I actually sat through it rum it's terrible
0: oh it was funny
1: yeah there were some certain parts made me giggle but most most of it was just awful okay this kind
0: of
2: you know what Rome on, on the way to Savannah we're going to watch that movie so that at, when we're at dinner we can give thanks that we never have to see that shit again.
3: <laughs> hey. My favorite Wild West comedy was Will Smith's Wild Wild West. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was that was a
1: funny one.
2: I don't even think that's that like like I can watch that movie. It's not it's not exactly a brilliant movie, but I think it gets a little more shit than it deserves.
3: That spider at the end of the movie though it just
2: <laughs> Look, guy likes giant spiders, you know what what you gonna do? At least at least he didn't bring in a polar bear.
1: Yeah, rum. Look, I can tell you, dude. It, w- I laughed. Well, yeah. No, it's, but it was, said it was a
0: great movie. I said it was, but funny it was it was, n- it was it was. worth watching. It was. You know, it was free. Uh,
1: it was okay. Yeah, my copy was free too, but it wasn't yeah. that good.
2: But it would have been much better if Mister Evan Piece of shit Ravelay was writing. for Oh, you. I agree, hundred percent. So Seth MacFarlane, We've got. We've got a uh, a diamond in the rough. That's right. In Baton Rouge, and you should totally hire him.
3: Well, it's actually, I, in, instead of writing four bad movies, uh, actually what one of the things I do in Baton Rouge is uh, every other month at the Manship Theater, we uh, do a Mystery Science Theater 3000-style show live. Um, and we it's actually in December we're doing Home Alone, which is going to be really fun.
2: Okay, well, tell us more about that because yeah. that's something that I'd actually go to Baton Rouge to watch. Yeah. No offense to you, but, you know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, don't, trust me, I'm not worth it. But, uh. This, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, we, you are.
3: We, uh, we basically just do Mystery Science Theory Thousand, but instead of doing campy, shitty, uh, sci fi movies that no one's heard of, we have to actually bring an audience of about 200 people with us. So we have to pick movies that people have seen and or love. Uh, like we've done Labyrinth, Top Gun, Karate Kid, uh, Never Ending Story was pretty popular. Mm. And we just ripped them to shreds. Uh, we funny. Are, we are merciless. Like, we are watching these movies and we're like, people fucking like this piece of shit? What the hell are they thinking? <laughs> and we're doing that right now at Home Alone. Uh, that movie sucks, Donkey Dick. And I don't know why anyone enjoys it.
2: I do think you have to be careful, though, because I saw the, uh, what are they called now? Riff tracks. I saw the, the riff tracks of Starship Troopers, and it was problematic because there were times when, I, because I enjoy that movie so much, I forgot that I'm supposed to be paying attention to the to the comedians. If you, if that's what you call the riff tracks, guys, I don't know, but uh, it it ended up being like, oh, oh shit, right? That was a joke. Sorry, <laughs> you know, it was it was really distracting. Like, but something like Home Alone, that it's a harmless but not particularly good movie, you know, that's something that I could definitely get behind.
0: I don't understand why it was so popular. I don't either.
3: I mean, and they, they play it every freaking Christmas. It's, it's probably because Macaulay Culkin almost murdered those ten other guys at least four or five times.
0: <laughs> it just—I don't know. It just seemed. I mean, one one time was good enough. I think if you ever saw the movie, it was like, uh, it, okay, it's forgotten.
3: Mm-hmm. It sets one dude on fire. Like yeah. he's a—he's an attempted murderer. Hey, I mean, there's there's other
0: really a lot better Christmas movies you can play like uh, Gremlins.
3: Oh, absolutely! Gremlins was actually on the list of other Christmas movies last year for Christmas. We did Die Hard. Nice. Nice.
2: See, I feel like that would be problem- problematic. I feel like I'd end up watching the movie and forgetting that I'm supposed to be paying attention to you.
3: The movies down to an hour and a half. Uh so we take out a lot of scenes stuff like that, but we also add in we music cues and all kinds of crazy shit to make it easier to make fun of. And we also uh you know, we, we make sure that you never forget why we're there.
0: Oh that's good. That's well, good. You, there's a lot of video editing to that then.
3: Yeah. Uh we, we cut it down to an hour and a half first and foremost cut out any unnecessary scenes or scenes that are easily forgettable that no one's going to complain about us taking out. Uh, we add in uh, various... like When we did Labyrinth, one of the best add-ins we did was when he first revealed the Goblin Kingdom. When she turned around, we had a, a white castle sitting there instead, which is hilarious. <laughs> 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 white <laughs> castle. That's funny. Um, so where, where
2: and when is this uh, next one for Home Alone going to be?
3: Uh, we do it at the Manship Theater in downtown Baton Rouge, and that is December nineteenth at seven thirty. The
2: Manship Theater,
3: yes, one what... of the nicest theaters in the country. No lie, it is uh, consistently rated in the top ten theaters of its size in the country for mostly jazz music, but still, That's it's still cool. a really nice. It's theater. an old theater, isn't it? Not really. It's uh less than twenty years old, I think. Oh, I mm-hmm. thought
0: it was. I know there's one down there. It was one of the I watched a thing on old theaters, and there was one down in Baton Rouge. It was supposed to be a really old theater. we used to be there Maybe it was an opera house close to it i'm not sure
3: uh, no, I'm, not, I'm not super knowledgeable on uh, on contemporary theater, so neither is rum
2: <laughs> It's one of my passions really. Right about now, Evan's thinking, what the fuck am I doing here?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Who are these people? I thought that when I was on Chasing Josh's podcast. That's the only <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh,
2: I want to call those assholes out because, you know what? I've invited Josh to do like my other show, and we had them on this show, and they have not once asked any of us, any of us, to be to be on their show. I just think it's rude. Yeah, it's
3: so sweet of them, dicks. There, I, I don't host shows. <laughs> That's the one reason I don't host shows because people are going to keep asking to be on it. Yeah, like, eh, this way I don't have to deny people. This way oh, I can just say no because I don't host one.
2: I haven't asked to be on. I mean, look, I'm I'm the prize here. They should be asking me.
3: <laughs> you know, you raise a valid point.
2: <laughs> I'm still stuck on Manship Theater. Like, I'm sure it's a nice place, <laughs> but why why is it named as if it was the nickname of a gay bathhouse?
3: That was the old man's unfortunate last name. <laughs> Manship, huh?
2: Please tell me his name was Dick.
1: Oh, Richard was Manship. It. Richard Manship.
2: Oh my God! That's that's when I go on stage. That's when I'm gonna introduce myself. That's to. gonna be your new I, name. I'm Dick Manship from now. On. <laughs> uh, but so December nineteenth at the Manship Theater. We're, we're uh, uh, please, uh, you know, let us uh, send us the Facebook event link if you have. Yeah, if Either there's one or whatever. Because uh, we'll oh. forget, but we will definitely show up.
3: That would be cool. Awesome. Good deal. Glad to hear it.
2: Uh, assuming I have a job by then. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Assuming I <laughs> have a job. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Uh, we're not discussing that here. We'll talk about it later. Uh, so do you have any other uh, besides December 6th at the Twist of Lime at 10 p.m.? That's it. And uh, December 19th at the... Dick Manship Theater
1: <laughs> in Baton
2: Rouge. Uh, do you have any upcoming shows that you'd like to plug?
3: Uh, nothing confirmed that I'm allowed to talk about, but uh, there's some stuff in the works right now that I'm trying to book. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Wow. Definitely
2: talking like an actor. You know, they're, 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 they're all... Are all
3: still interested in the acting? We gotta, I, it, It's one of those things I wouldn't turn it down if it came up, but I, I really do love stand-up comedy. I, it, it's something that once I did once, I was like, oh, I'm doing this forever, okay.
2: What's the... Um, and I'm I'm asking this not to sound like a dick, like Rum. Do you use props? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Rum. I love you. Uh, most of the time. Uh, no, uh, what's the... Where do you foresee yourself like 10, 15 years? Because it seems like there's been different eras of comics. There was like the 80s and 90s where everybody's like basically was trying to just become an actor. And like road comics sort of almost died out for a while. And now... Like, there's, there's sort of a nebulous, you know? Like, some people want talk shows and stuff like that. Like, what, what are you looking forward to 15 years down the line?
3: Uh, well, right now, stand-up is in a really interesting position in that I don't know what the next big thing is going to be. Uh, with the advent of, like, Netflix and self-distribution, uh, mm-hmm. you have a lot of comedians who are putting out things they wouldn't have been able to put out before. Uh, so right now, I'm just kind of sitting back and waiting. Like, I want to see where Baton Rouge and New Orleans comedy scenes are in three or four years, and then after that, probably move away and go somewhere like New York or L.A. or something like that, and then just see where comedy goes, because I, I do love stand-up comedy, and I'm always interested in how it's pro- progressing and how it's accessible to the outside world.
2: If you were to move to one of those places, where, where do you think you'd go?
3: Uh, currently, uh, I'm thinking about New York, more so than L.A.
2: Right on. Uh, Is it, Do you, do you is it just like the,
3: your kind of stand-up is more there or more, more opportunity? The, uh, more the amount of shows you're able to do because mm. I are have a lot of venues. I have friends in LA and New York, uh, and I have I have more friends in LA, but I'd be able to do more shows in New York. So it's that's
1: awesome. Yeah, that's that's really actually a smart decision. Mm-hmm. More money. I,
3: I've been told I'm occasionally kind of smart, so. Oh, that's good. That's, good.
1: that's good. That's good. Instead that's of a piece of shit that everybody else right, claims right. that um, you are.
2: Is it? Is there a particular talent that that garners you that? Like, do you? Can you just tell what where the peanut butter comes from when you smell it, or are you like good at math? You know, because I feel like those are the two main areas of intelligence that you can really fall into.
3: <laughs> and okay, I, I'm a common sense kind of guy, you know. Uh, I like uh, I like being able to think clearly and uh, decisively, and then also make fun of everybody. That's always fun too.
0: Mm. Oh, he went up to you, Adam.
3: What? <laughs> <laughs> Look, are, are, is Rum
2: making jokes about someone being able to think clearly as an unimpaired? I, be- I believe that was mm, what he did. That's an interesting joke. <laughs> I'm gonna take a video when I get to Savannah of like Rome's sock drawer, and we're gonna see how. Uh, how clear and unimpaired... That's just you know.
1: weird that you're going to take a picture of his sock drawer.
2: That is weird. Well, I'm just assuming that's where he hides the good shit.
1: No, it's probably his underwear drawer.
2: And we might have to hold on a second, because I believe that's Wayne's girlfriend knocking at the door. I'm assuming. You he didn't there. hear that knocking?
1: Mm-mm. Not not knocking on Somebody door.
2: Somebody knocked.
1: I don't think anybody's knocking on the door. It's probably okay. the neighbor.
2: Well, then maybe your cats are fighting or something.
1: That's per- probably it.
2: Okay. And... You don't hear yeah. that? Yeah, character.
1: it's walking down the stairs. Oh, sorry. Um, It's okay, and the, and the girlfriend's at work, so... I don't know. She won't be knocking at the door.
2: Well, maybe she got fired. Maybe. Maybe maybe people found out that she didn't like being called 50%, and... That's right. Like they were like, fuck that, get out of here.
1: <laughs> she didn't like that mm. at all. So That's it's okay. not going to catch on then? No. no, we're gonna,
2: no. In, in that case, we'll just start calling her half and half. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: anyway... Uh, we, we just running off sorry about that
2: it's no. just kind of how we are we apologize
3: don't apologize for anything that's the coward's way
0: <laughs> you, you said you've been uh doing this for about what two years now
3: uh two and a half
0: almost two and a half years and uh, when you were doing the acting thing were you were you going to like casting calls and stuff and it just wasn't working out or what
3: uh, yeah, for the most part, I was in film school, but I didn't like being behind the camera so much as in front of it. So I tried that out and I just, the whole, you know, process of getting your headshots and going over to auditions and constantly getting rejected. I was like, ah, fuck this. I'd rather get rejected in front of a live audience and, you know, some faceless producer asshole. Right.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, have
2: your, uh, have your parents seen...
3: Yeah, they're surprisingly supportive. Almost too supportive. They've uh, huh, they've seen me a few times, and they haven't made me stop. So that's nice of them. <laughs> you know, halfway through
2: that question, I realized I knew nothing about your life, and your parents could be dead or, like, could have disowned you or something. <laughs> and I went, oh, maybe I should have actually.
3: It's a very awkward question, had that been the case. <laughs> but luckily, they're they're together still and i guess happy i don't really check on them much
0: right well it's good to have some family support behind you that's for sure (laughs)
2: um what uh like we haven't actually heard your act yet our our first time hearing it will be uh on the uh december 6th at the twist of lime that's right uh i mean this is going to be a weird question that might end up going nowhere but like, what kind of comedy do you think you do? Like, how how do you sort of you, describe your Yeah, do you, your, your you use props? Yeah, do you use props? Um, <laughs> rubber dildos,
3: airplane props, uh, prop forty-seven. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of hard. I, I don't know. I don't really like to stick to a genre. You know, I I just kind of do what I think is funny. Uh, I don't like topical humor. I don't do like monologue humor or anything because I like jokes that if I write this joke, it's gonna stay relevant know for as long as i want to do the joke i don't like writing jokes like oh everyone's going to forget this story within a week so why even bother um so you know i like to do a lot of like just things that matter to me uh whether it's actual personal family life or just like uh what kinda, you know sports are on tv whatever just things that are going to stay relevant that's all um
2: oh. do you do you tend to tell stories more or do you do bits
3: uh, it's mostly bits. I, I I I have story-ish material, but it's it's basically just a series of bits connected with a. a story, really.
2: Well, we're going to be very excited to to have you here. Like like I said, like uh you know Chase and Josh, while they don't necessarily speak highly of you, they do speak of you quite a bit. So, uh and you know, I, I mean I clearly they have right, a lot of faith I in mean, you.
3: I may not be well liked, but I'm memorable. That's all that matters.
2: I mean, you're gonna punch someone in the face? What?
3: Now I have been punched in the face, but I did not do the punching. Really? Okay. Uh,
2: when when did you get punched in the face? Do tell. was it on Punch? stage or in life.
3: It was on stage by uh, by a female. What? Oh,
2: wow. Please tell us.
3: Uh, well, it was at a daiquiri bar here in Baton Rouge, uh, which is which was notorious for being a bad show. Uh, I went every week. It happened. It's just it was an open mic. And it was, it was, it was a bad show, but it was the kind of show that made you better because you could just deal with anything that happened. And, uh, there was this loud woman at the bar who, uh, the comic before me gave her the nickname Country because of her accent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while I was on stage, I got through like maybe a joke or two and she was still talking. So I said to her, I was like, what did that guy call you, Country? Well, the first half was right. <laughs> and, uh, she did not understand the joke all she understood was that the whole room was laughing at her she didn't like that so uh. she, and I knew by the way she stood up that she was going to punch me because I have white trash in my family so I knew that <laughs> I knew the stance she took pretty well uh, and, but it, it, was, it turned into instead of her punching me it turned into three minutes of us doing a little back and forth verbally. Uh, her calling me, he's like, you Eminem wannabe motherfucker. And me going, I'm wearing a sweater. I don't know how you can say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would, she was wearing a denim jacket. So I said, uh, why do you have pants on your torso? I said, her breath smelled like tuna. I, I basically just berated her for three and a half minutes and it was pre- I was getting laughed. So that's all that mattered to me. Mm-hmm. I was just the entire time waiting for her to hit me. And finally, she kept walking away and then coming back to the stage. And finally, she just swung at me and punched me in the mouth. And I just looked at her for a second and said, you know what, I think, that, I, think I won that argument. And <laughs> finally, someone made her leave. That's uh, awesome. Actually, she showed back up later because she wanted to apologize because the guy she was talking to at the bar was her boss. And she was talking about getting a promotion. And I just said, I don't think he's giving it to you.
2: <laughs> that's um, great. Who the fuck goes to a comedy show to talk to their boss on the phone? You know, uh, that
3: show is more like who the hell brought this comedy show to our football game? That's what that that's what that dackery bar was more like. Ah, uh, I gotcha.
2: That back and forth thing was I've had too many drinks.
3: Yeah,
2: and pretty much. No, it's just a woman being a woman. Oh anyway. Uh, you know that's that's the interesting thing about uh I think, comedians, is um, you have a situation that in the moment is uncomfortable and possibly volatile, and uh, because of the way you're wired, instead of thinking about, this bitch could have a knife, (laughs) she could have an angry boyfriend that likes to rape 22-year-old stand-ups, instead you're thinking, I'm going to get so, so many bits out of this.
3: (laughs) Also, it's like a if the crowd likes me, they'll have your back. So as long as you're making them laugh and you're making them have a good time, no matter how bad the situation gets, worst-case scenario, a fight breaks out, and the rest of the crowd is with you. Right. That's the if it's like the whole crowd is violently against you, usually you just defuse the situation and hope that no one kills you. That's, right. That's usually what happens in my... <laughs>
2: I think that's the interesting thing about hecklers. Whenever you talk to a heckler, in their mind, they're like, this guy ain't funny, or girl, whatever. This bitch ain't funny. I'm funny. I'm gonna te- look, I'm gonna help. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna funny you. I'm gonna show you what it's like. But the crowd is generally like, please shut the fuck up. Like, even if even if the comedian isn't funny, it's not made better by the by the heckler. It's always more like You've taken a bad situation and made it uncomfortable for everyone who isn't, like, piss drunk.
3: Uh, I actually, speaking of, I got another heckle just two weeks ago that was uh, afterwards He's like, I made your joke funnier. I don't know why you're complaining. The joke was I got halfway through my first setup, and halfway through my setup, the guy in the back of the room just yells out, I will drag you into the parking lot and rape you.
2: To be fair, that is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And so I just said, uh, you know what? That seems a bit aggressive. And then (laughs) you know, I just moved on. I was like, That's I I can't even respond to that. But afterwards, like, I don't know why you complain so much. I I'm trying to make your joke funnier. I'm like, all you're doing is making me want to stab you. That's all you're making to do. (laughs) Actually since you threatened me with rape, it is now officially self. That's that's (laughs)
0: Oh shit! I I bet you could get into some bad situations for sure (laughs) doing
3: that stuff. I said absolutely. I get into bad situations all the time, but you know, I've been a smartass my whole life. It's just now it's acceptable,
1: right? Yeah, now it's a better defense.
3: I was raised by like roast comics. Essentially, my whole family, whenever it was like a family gathering, like Thanksgiving or Christmas, they always put you know the guy who had who had the right to speak was the guy who was the funniest at the table. That's how my family was. And the guy who was funniest was usually the guy who was making fun of people in the funniest ways. So I was <laughs> I was raised with people who were roasting each other. So I'm very used to this.
2: That's that's a child's perception of alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you your family is full of drugs. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, actually, it sounds a lot like growing up Italian. Everyone's mean to each other at, at Thanksgiving and
3: yeah, Yeah. You know. it was it was very much like that.
2: Mm. What about that child that you fathered and abandoned? Good times, good times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck are you talking about, dude?
2: Sorry, just reminiscing.
1: Reminiscing, huh? Okay, reminiscing.
0: all right. My bad. You you had your stint on uh, comedy stage before, didn't you?
2: I like how you you put that, rum. <laughs> <laughs> I I did, I did stand up twice. Uh, yeah, I said it was a stint. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he needed one stint after with, he finished. <laughs> it was
2: more like a stint with an e, like a hole that I peed out of. I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, no, I did it. I did it twice. Well, did when you were
0: doing it? Did you have any uh, hecklers?
2: Um, no, because I was so bad at it that like n- nobody really wants to heckle somebody that's. Like 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 genuinely, like open, well, let me rephrase that because I've only seen a certain number of open open mics. But the ones that I've seen and the ones that I've been to, when somebody's like not good at all and it's an open mic and you know that's like their first time, because that's the best thing about open mics is like, this is Rick's second time on stage for a career that he's hoping to have that he has no possibility of ever, ever succeeding at. (laughs) <laughs> so, let's all just try to trudge through this, and, uh, you <laughs> know, there, there is an air of, of like, watching a, a lamb go to the slaughter when a really I, bad open mic is going up.
3: Open micer, you know, like, the worst that's going to happen is that everyone's going to turn their back to you and ignore you while you flop around on stage for three minutes. That's usually the worst that happens. Yeah. And heckling in, general, heckling in general is actually very rare. It's just that comedians go on stage every single night, so it's it's bound to happen mm-hmm, sure it's, yeah that's the only thing
2: yeah i mean i went to one of cory max open well i've been to a couple of his and there was this comedian that uh i'm just gonna assume doesn't listen to this show so so i'm gonna go ahead with this um the poor guy like it was like his third time i, I saw him twice Uh, Over the course of like two
1: weeks Yeah because I saw him the one time It was the second time when I saw him
2: I think it was like the third time That that he performed the first time And then like the fourth And I was watching the guy Like just Fall apart on stage And I remember the second time I watched him He actually had a bit that got a laugh And he was like Oh good I got a laugh and then he proceeded to run that bit into the ground like he carried it on for three minutes, and I was like, "Dude, like <laughs> it was like watching someone achieve second place in a race and then <laughs> proceed to slam it into the into the sidewall." And I was like, "Oh my god, you know it's it, it's it's painful watching someone you know who wants to do this, you know there's just not it's well, it's com- I know. company's
0: anyway. a hard gig, it really is. I, w- I at least I would think it would be." I mean, you got to put a lot into it. You got to, you know, I would assume work on your material quite a bit. I mean, when you're when you're working on your material, do you? Uh, I mean, well, how do you write it out? I mean, are you just doing a lot? Do you ad lib a lot on stage, depending on the moment?
3: Uh, my writing process is usually I'll think of like a sentence or a few words to help me remind me of my idea, and then I just kind of talk out loud, and then I find jokes while just talking out loud, and sometimes I bring that on stage with me, and I'll just go on stage with an idea. And just ramble on for four or five minutes because that's what open mics are for. Open mics, I'm not going there to do well. I'm going there to just try shit out. And so, who cares if I go there in five minutes of just me talking about nothing, hoping to find one <laughs> joke? Well, that's cool. I mean, that's it's, a good process. I
1: guess. Oh, so open mics—you just using them as like a test, like a test kitchen almost.
3: I think most stand-ups do. Yeah, that's exactly what open mics are for. Like whenever someone like, because all in Baton Rouge, there's not a lot of whole, a lot of shows to do. It's mostly open mics. So when people are like, "I want to come see you," just stand up. I'm like, "You can wait. Uh, <laughs> you can just wait as long as possible, and, and then I'll invite you to a show. When I invite you to a show, that's when you can come. But until then, you just don't don't seek me out." <laughs> <laughs> well, who,
0: who's uh, who's everybody uh, who's uh, everyone going to be on the uh, the show coming up?
1: Well, Evan's going to be on it. Sure. Uh, you got uh, Chase, mm-hmm. Josh. Mm-hmm. And Jake Potter, mm-hmm. and then you got Bear the Gentleman, which is the opening music act, and then Red Mouth.
0: Oh, where's uh, Where's Bear the Gentleman from?
1: Um, somewhere out here. I <laughs> know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's from Metairie or if he's from New Orleans. I know he's in this area somewhere. Oh, he's
0: he's one guy. Yeah, one dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It sounded
1: like a big band like bear the gentleman yeah know. i know it does but it's just one guy and a guitar
2: uh, evan ahead. you should be prepared for the fact that this is going to be probably a different show than than you're used to because yeah. like uh, the Metairie, louisiana doesn't have really any comedy they know not uh i mean i think there have been a few attempts that didn't quite right pan out.
1: yeah tony told us about a few times
2: but uh but so this will be our fourth show and and they, the twist of lime really wants to keep have, it going. Yeah, a monthly comedy show.
3: So. I always say, you if, if a venue wants you to be doing comedy, stay with them as long as possible because there are way too many times where you're the one fighting for the show and not the venue. Like right. I had a, I had a venue like I was hosting a open mic and they're like, I don't know, this show isn't going too well. And I was like, well, good, fucking cancel it then. I don't need a venue. that's like, oh, we should probably cancel. If you don't want the show, don't have the show. Don't make it a fight.
2: Right. Right.
3: Whenever when you want a show, God, keep it forever. That's. that's yeah, all I, I
1: mean that's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna keep going until they say, okay, it's not working anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think the the weird thing about New Orleans, or one of many weird things, is just how New Orleans takes things for granted. Like if you, when you don't have comedy people were like yeah i wish there was like a comedy, a comedy club like yeah or something like that but then when you do it's much like the new orleans hornets slash pelicans whatever yeah i can go do that next week
1: yeah um, it, it is pretty much it's almost just like it's almost like the music scene is too though because i mean it's the same way you know it's like man i really wish this band was playing live tonight and then and you go okay so they're playing Eh, i don't i don't want to go see them tonight i'll wait till next time they play or something right. like that or you know
2: they just take a lot for granted, and uh, it's it's hard to to keep something going like that on a regular basis, especially like an open mic. Where I mean, I don't I don't know what the average person even thinks about open mics. Like if it, you know, I mean, uh, I think most people are pretty uneducated when it comes to how comedy works, and you know, if they go to an open mic and it's all first timers, you're not going to get a good show. Well, you might, but the I've odds seen- are.
3: One of the best hosts for an open mic is uh, my friend Leon Blanda, who hosts the House of Blues open mic. Mm-hmm. And, and when he hosts it, he actually mentions, he goes, you guys are going to see some of the best stand-up comics in New Orleans and also some real garbage monsters. I will not tell you which one's which. <laughs> <And so laughs> he plants that seed of like, this could go horribly wrong, but that's why you're here. Mm-hmm. So enjoy it.
2: Yeah, he did one of our shows. Yeah. We're, we're hoping to get him uh, on the show. Back again, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, really funny guy. We we got to see, like, I guess a minute and a half of his actual material. Yeah,
3: I oh, think is so. Where, like a huge fight almost broke out, because I heard about that.
1: A huge fight? No.
3: Uh,
2: no, it wasn't a huge fight, but it was. We are infamous, apparently, in the stand-up community.
3: <laughs> so, you know, whatever. Well, that's always good. Yeah, <laughs> it,
1: it wasn't really a huge fight. It was more like... Um I don't know how else to say it. it was- Let me just say
2: Zartome, since he's gonna complain that we we don't like we're talking about the incident and we, we, even, even though we're not just talking about him and we're talking about other people in yeah, addition yeah, yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh he's gonna he's gonna be mad that we were pussies and didn't mention his name. So Zartome. <laughs> your name has been mentioned Zartome. Anyway, but yeah, no, it was just it was just a, a crowd that had low energy and I think the comics didn't really know what was coming going in and then and then when they felt the low energy it just kind of brought everybody in this bad area started off with some drunk guy talking so loud that the the show's host who had a microphone and very large speakers kept trying to talk over him and failing yeah and when she said something to him he was like well maybe you should talk louder I, like what do, what do you say to that it, like maybe
0: maybe he was you know having trouble controlling the sound of his voice
2: something <laughs> like that and then uh and at some point even the the owner of the bar was was pissed drunk and talking yeah really it was it, it was it, an
1: interesting it, evening that was actually the worst show we've had
2: yeah but you out know, of the three we're hoping that's so, the, the only one that goes surf, right. uh, that far yeah you know.
0: Well, I still, mean, I, think, I think it's very cool that the, uh, the Twist is, is open to be doing this. You yeah. Know, trying, they're, they're, they seem to be a, a really good um, place uh, to uh, experiment with different type of things, trying to come in, you know, like the open mics was and stuff like that. I just broke my table.
2: Uh, whatever. So it should be a, uh, an interesting show, Evan, and we're very excited to have you.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see how it could possibly go wrong.
2: <laughs> I, I'm going to go off out on a limb and say I don't think I'm excited for the opposite. Uh, I actually, I I, gonna I, be surprised. yeah,
1: actually, I don't think it'll be bad because the the, the first show that we put on with uh, Chase and Josh was we on it,
2: yeah, that, and they well, loved it. Well, it was also those show that show was on a Saturday. The last two were on Fridays, and I just feel like Friday. People don't really want to do much of anything. Like right. they might well, want to get coming drunk. off the work week.
1: Yeah, this um, this show is on a Saturday, so everybody is going to be all right with
2: it. As long as the LSU game isn't playing,
3: nah, LSU went, season's over. Oh, good. So I yeah. certainly can't wait because I had Chase and Josh did tell me good things of the show when they did it. So mm-hmm. oh well, that's good.
2: Really? Because they didn't tell us good things.
3: <laughs> yeah, they did. They told me <laughs> they went on their
2: show and they were like. Some fucking asshole called it one nerd stand. I was like, "Fuck you, motherfucker! Like you, like you know me? Like you're gonna call it one nerd stand?"
1: Yeah, and then, and then he's and then he's a fucking uh, what yeah. is he like he's, a huge he's got, like, wrestling Ninja collection? Yeah, he's got
2: Ninja Turtle toys on his wall yeah. and shit, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I guess if so." An
3: asshole, what would you expect?
2: <laughs> <laughs> What's that? He's got a huge asshole. I wouldn't know. Chase has been <laughs> in it, But he Will, when I get done with him, brother.
1: Oh yeah
2: anyway so uh, does anybody have any topics I, I have a couple no
1: go ahead I have actually have nothing
2: rom do you have anything no go right ahead okay uh, this is a short one I just thought it was bizarre before I just before I left to come come here to record uh, there was a commercial on for these transformers toys and they, they were they were kids toys like little like it's weird when I was Little, there were just transformers, there weren't little kids. Transformers,
1: right now, there's like these little, like, right, tiny ones like, and baby stuff,
2: yeah, like somewhere between a mega doll and a transformer, yeah, yeah like yeah. that. And uh, it said, Transformers rescue Dinobots, what? And basically, like, there's an Optimus Prime, but he turns into a T Rex. And he's there to rescue you, like he was, like perf- like saving people's lives by lifting buildings up with his claws. And uh, it was so fucking surreal. I was like, "What? <laughs> what? I mean, this sounds like something that you would find in Japan, certainly."
1: No, this sounds like something you would find at someone made up after smoking a gigantic bowl.
2: I said Japan. Well, but, all right, all right. Uh, all right anyway, all right. no, it's just like why? Like, okay, Transformers rescue bots for kids. Okay, that's cool. Why would you choose a T-Rex to rescue someone from a burning building?
1: Because <laughs> kids like dinosaurs.
2: I guess. But I don't know. It just made it me
3: laugh. Dinosaurs are the problem, not the solution. That's- <laughs> they can't face that kind of harsh truth. They're young.
2: I'm really hoping that you're wrong, and then when I watch Jurassic World, it's a really hopeful movie about dinosaurs and human beings coexisting in harmony and building a beautiful utopia of Dino if World.
3: A lifts a car off of a baby in this movie, I'm walking out of the theater.
2: <laughs> what if the baby is in his teeth?
3: Well, then I'm alright with that. All like
2: right, 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 like right. he goes to lift the car, but he accidentally gets the kid in there, like a little lanyap.
3: He's like, oh, fuck this, I'm uh-huh. eating this baby. I'll then ride the dinosaur while inside the dinosaur's mouth I am back on board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> the that, other- that is
1: a bizarre toy, though. Yeah, because I I mean, don't they have? Isn't there a transformer that transforms into an ambulance?
2: Yeah, and and, but here's the thing: that transformer, I think it's Three Alarm or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Uh, Red Alert, maybe. Red Alert. I think that's his name. Um, he was one of them, but he also transformed into a Dinobot. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Like I don't know what the fuck he was—a stegosaur or something like that—but he was a Dinobot too.
1: (laughs) That's fucking stupid.
2: And uh, I was like, you know what? Number one, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. The weirdest, One of the weirdest things I've ever seen. But i got to admit, that's kind of cool. And I think if I was like eight, I'd want that. <laughs>
0: it's like getting two toys in one.
2: Or three. It's three a, toys, it's a, man. It's a, it's a Transformer. It'll save your life.
3: And it's a fucking dinosaur. It's a
2: dinosaur.
3: It's the, it's the toy version of those song mashups you hear. It's like, why am I hearing ninety nine problems and ninety nine luff balloons in the same song? I don't care. At all.
2: Because that's fucking awesome. Yes. Why aren't we listening to? Why the fuck are we talking when we could be listening to ninety nine luff balloon problems?
3: That's it. I actually have that on my iPod. It's really, really fucking catchy. I'm not gonna lie. You're gonna have
1: to bring that man. I think to get a copy from you.
2: Yes, <laughs> we're gonna cancel the comedy show and just listen to. Yeah, Evan we're Rabelais. just gonna borrow his iPod. We'll have we'll have Evan do the hosting. And just introduce the songs and just do a little <laughs> That's bit in it. between. Um, we'll make a ton of money off of other people. DJ
1: POS in the motherfucking house. Hmm.
2: You should do that. That would be kind of awesome if you were just like, Hi, I'm, D- I'm DJ Piece of Shit. What up? I want I want $8 million like Paris
3: Hilton. DJ Piece of Shit is what I call every DJ, so I don't know why. <laughs> you know. What was um,
0: your other thing,
2: Adam? Um... So this is something I hepatitis. should have talked about a couple like well I guess about a week ago. So <laughs> uh, are y'all familiar with the I think it's like the Phil Philae Lander the the Okay so there was this space mission where scientists worked for 10 years to get yeah, a, to
1: land on the the comet. On a right, comet, yeah, right. Yeah.
2: And uh, I'm uh, I'm going to butcher the story because I can't remember the guy's name or anything like that. But they worked for 10 years to do this. Right, right. They sent this ship out there unmanned. I'm sorry?
3: Are you talking about his shirt? Because I also have that story. Yes. Yes. yes.
2: <laughs> uh, well, it's it starts with a story and then it ends with a bit that I haven't done in a while called Adam's Quit Being a Pussy. Uh, patent pending. Uh, but, yeah, so the guy... Uh, is, is on stage and he, bless you. He's worked you. for 10 years, you know, with his crew
1: to get this done.
2: Right. And this, this is like a pinnacle of human achievement. Like it's, it, you know, you say it like, Oh, we land on a comet. Like, Oh, you know, Hey, look, we landed on a comet now. That is something that 20 years ago, they probably couldn't Could have dreamed do. of yeah. doing. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's, a, it's literally a pinnacle of human achievement.
1: Well, I mean, you think... Oh, I forget what the miles per hour that the fucking comet was going at. You know, and to, to land something on that is just well, why, incredible.
2: Why do we want to land on a comet? To learn about it? Yeah. To learn about how, like, water, it, like, is transported through across the universe? It sticks on the comet.
1: Ah, oh, Jesus, Rome.
2: mean, I could have saved him billions of dollars. And this has been the MHOG podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's why rum doesn't they're, care. They're,
0: I guess they're preparing for the was it the uh, Armageddon uh, thing with the like from the movie. Yeah, they're
1: yeah, they're they're they're, they're, pre- they're preparing it for Bruce Willis. Yes,
2: Bruce Willis landed the on the comet. No, but I mean, if you think about it, like they worked for ten years and easily anything could have gone wrong and. The mission would have been over. Like, oh yeah, like a piece of it could have just hit the ship and done. Yeah, and it's you know there you go. Like ten years of your life. When is over. the next? When is the next comet coming around to where you could even do this? You know. Uh, so this guy has worked for for a decade of his life and done something that well with along with his crew that no other human being has done, and he happened to wear a shirt that a woman made for him. It was a Hawaiian shirt with a.
1: It looked like anime girls. Yeah, it
2: looked like like manga, anime, you know, busty girls. Like, nobody's tits were out, but they were on display. They should have
3: been. They were in BDSM gear, is what they were in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't
2: know what that is, so can y'all explain?
3: Leather clad, they were leather clad and leather bustiers. And stuff. Oh,
2: BDSM! I, I thought I thought you said DDSM, like some Dungeons like, and Dragons. I thought you, you, <laughs> you
3: know, thinking Dance Dance Revolution or something. Uh, S and M would be a fetish porn that so many people would buy.
2: <laughs> I think it's kind of redundant to be honest with you. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So the guy wears this this shirt that's got anime chicks on it, and. Most of the world was like, "Oh my god, the, these guys did landed this. on the
1: world, yeah." But land on a comet. There
2: were a segment of the population. Let's call them cunts, who cunts. reacted by going off on this like feminist screed about how this guy's shirt is the reason that women don't get involved in science,
1: which is fucking retarded.
2: Yeah, like, I, and you know, I I thought to myself, well, I, it must just be uh, astrophysics, you know, like sci- like astronaut scientists, uh, because it seems like I guess Marie Curie like was cool, you know, with with sexism and and you know threats of rape and all that, you know, because chemistry chicks are are way cooler, you know. Yeah, yeah more,
1: they, they swing that way. They're
2: they're DTF, you know. Yeah, they uh, are. but you know, astrophysicists, you know, it's no go if you. You know, if you make one joke about, you know, smoke. putting it in a girl's poop or, you know, a girl I, doesn't want to...
3: I had a close family friend, and she actually worked at NASA for a while. And she was a... She's a fucking genius. She now works at Microsoft, so... Nice. You know, she had options. But she left NASA, and the whole reason she's dead, she was, eh, the guys were creepy. That's why she left. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, working really well, but, you know, those guys just stared at me. So... I mean, you know, there's
1: points. Well, I mean if she was a hot chick and she was working into a place that nothing everybody's staring at computers all day, I mean of course she's gonna get stared at.
3: And to be
2: fair, like I am not saying uh, I'm not saying one thing or the other, but when you work in an environment that is mostly exclusively one gender or another, it tends to be a hostile environment. Like if you go oh, yeah. like if a man goes into like an uh, an accounting office that's ninety nine percent women, it gets weird. He's
1: gonna get eye fucked
2: all day. Well, more like I slapped, probably. You know, yeah, whatever. Uh, but if you know, it but really if a woman goes into a primarily male environment, it's. You know, I mean, like when you're just like, look, uh, I know a lot of dudes who went to exclusively male high schools. It's it's like and they were all animals. Eye-fucked. It was like animals in a cage. You know? Well,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But uh, but that's not really a reason to not be a scientist, and certainly this guy's shirt. Like, had nothing to do with it. Like there was an actual article where that was mostly written by a man because you know because men know how to write you know like, <laughs> like those ladies who <laughs> who can barely you know put two sticks together or whatever make fire <laughs> anyway. <laughs> now, uh, some woman like that he knows uh, like wrote part of the article. Like she read what he wrote and she's like I have things to add. So they updated it with her words. So you don't know who wrote what. And um, and it's just this fucking like Atrosity. travesty, where like instead of celebrating, like like look at what we do, look what we did, look what we're capable of. Like it's like I have hurt feelings because he wore a shirt. You know, he should have been shirtless because, <laughs> you know, like I
0: always looking for something to be, you know, to, to take away from a moment. They're either take right. away from something good, and memorable. They want to they want to turn it into a, a cause or somehow adapt or make it or take about some them the attention away.
3: I but the, the guy after all the complaints of the shirt came out, I saw a guy like this. This fucking stupid ass Puritan society. Like this shirt's so not offensive, but I think it is because of the uh, sexual repression. And I was like, look, I hated the shirt. I hated that shirt. And it had nothing to appear in society. I hated that shirt because it's a tacky fucking shirt. And no one should wear that in public. I'd feel the same way if he wore a bowling shirt with Dragon Ball Z characters on it. It had nothing to do with them being like Hey, hey, fuck. hey, hey.
2: Hold on a second there, Evan Rabelais. Now I know why you're a piece of shit. Fuck you. You're not on our show. How dare you attack. I'm sorry. Go on.
3: That was my whole point. <laughs>
2: oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well we had we have something i or well I, i'm going to say it's in the same same realm going on here uh there was a um there's a uh children's uh charity thing that they're going to be doing here uh i guess it's a uh, starting out of some sort of national campaign i actually don't know what it's for but i know it's to help underprivileged kids or burned kids or kids with extra eyes i don't know It's to help. that's kids a big
1: something. you know selection of things to help you know yeah you know it's it's a lot to, homeless of or burned are. is two really fucked up different at, things at
2: this point they could be giving like money to help bring hitler back to life for all you know <laughs> you know either or
0: it's about the kids anyway they uh just not the they, jewish kids they came to town and put up they wanted to put up the billboards for this big event that they're doing you know and on the billboard was winnie the pooh I thought, oh that's cool you know that's a kid's kids like winnie the pooh right That's not a bad thing. Well, this whole group followed and came into Savannah protesting the usage of Winnie the Pooh. Not because, I mean, they had permission to use it, but because Winnie the Pooh isn't wearing underpants. I actually heard about this story. Really? I didn't know it was in Savannah.
1: Yeah. That's so stupid. Winnie the
0: Pooh is not wearing pants. Winnie the Pooh hasn't
1: worn pants in fucking 40 years.
0: He's, he's a bear, and they said, well, he's wearing a shirt, and he's being more human. Than well, he's got sensitive of nipples.
1: I mean, does Winnie the Pooh's balls hang out when he bends he, over and he gets honey? No!
3: That's where the honey comes from. Winnie the Pooh is the Ken doll of the bear community. They used to accept that.
1: Exactly. I mean,
0: I, come just, on. I just thought that was absolutely ridiculous, but it's, it's similar. I mean, they're, they're talking about this dude's shirt. Somebody else is protesting because a bear's not wearing pants. I mean, I can. can... It's trying to take something away from uh, something good, some good publicity, or a good thing that's happening, to to turn it ugly and to make it uh, an anti-whatever movement. Like, uh, I I think, I guess they were saying that the uh, the bear not wearing pants is uh, uh, something to do with uh, sexual exploitation and uh, using it for a children's thing is wrong. And like, who's sexually
2: exploiting bears? A guy, named, a guy named John. Sharman. He's out Char- in the woods.
0: Sharman's Char- not. Hey, what about the Sharma commercials? <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's always this little bear sitting on the toilet with does little a, crusties
2: all over it. What, what about those Berenstains, huh, with their incest and shit? You know yeah. what's going on in that tree.
1: Fucking Paddington. All them motherfuckers. Paddington's
2: not wearing pants. That's nope. right. Marmalade. We know what that is. You know he's used. It's you know the he's devil. He's
1: got the. He always wears that fucking raincoat. You know why? Because he's into bukkake. I, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I can't. I can't even come up with that. I don't I even know what of kind that. of porn you watch, dude. Berenstain
1: Bear. I mean, not Berenstain. Paddington, man.
2: I thought you
0: were going to say he was a flasher, but no, you went bukkake. No, he likes bukkake. Uh, yeah. Okay. My bad. That's messed
1: up. My bad. Ruined your but childhood. That, I know.
0: Just ridiculous is all I'm saying. That's my point. The whole thing.
1: <laughs>
0: so, so you know, don't take anything away from the burned hobo children. That's right, and
1: do and, and don't forget to help them get the genes of Hitler back.
2: Right. That's right. With with Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, Winnie the I Pooh. guess.
1: And Bukaki. Yeah. Let,
0: let, you know, let's protest them <laughs> and all not wear pants.
2: Yes, I'm down with that. Evan, are you going to wear pants December 6th at the Twist of Lime?
1: I hope not. Yeah, that's going to be that kind of party. <laughs> that's
2: right. Shit gets crazy at the Twist of Lime. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm smiling too much to do that. I just can't be a pussy. Yeah, I, I, know. Want to. I know you, I know I you want, want to,
1: but you're just, you just um, kind of like, ah, fuck it. This uh, is good stuff.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. Well. Maybe some other time. Yeah, we'll, we'll do, do it, it again. Again, another day. <laughs> I should have I done it before we got started. I should have recorded before we got started. When I was good and angry from looking at your fucking face.
1: I know, but you love me now.
2: Evan, would you hold on for ten minutes while I stare at Wayne's face until I get angry enough <laughs> to nope. do a hackneyed bit?
3: Nope. Oh. Thank Well, you, then Evan. I guess
2: we shouldn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Evan. Before we get off here, man, would you give us a plug?
3: Uh, just you got that show at Twist the Line, but also December nineteenth, seven thirty at the Manship Theater in downtown Baton Rouge. Home alone with the rest of the Family Dinner Improv Group. It'll be a fun time.
1: Okay. Ooh. Anything else you want to plug? That's it. No websites. No dancing. No.
3: Are uh, you on Twitter? Me on Twitter. If you want to see me complain about pizza a lot.
2: I'm gonna do that now.
3: What's what's your Twitter address? At Evan Rabb.
1: Nice. All right, Evan. Well, thank you for joining us on this lovely show.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: And we cannot wait to see you on the 6th. It's going to be a pretty damn good time.
3: It will be fun. I guarantee it. So
2: make sure, folks, to come out to the Twist of Lime. That's, That's once right. again December 6th. About 10 p.m., 9.30, something like that Yeah, 10 p.m. is
1: about where we're going to start And uh,
2: uh, we're going to have four great comedians Including Mr. Evan Rabelais And we're going to have Bear the Gentleman And, and Red Mouth, Red Mouth uh, Who will be on the episode that comes prior to this Yes And uh, so bring your bring your mom Bring your dad Bring that girl that you, that you uh, Finger fingered in, in the 8th grade Including your Aunt Susie That's right Yeah um, <laughs> Bring and, everybody, uh, yeah. And uh, well, how much is the show? Seven bucks. Seven dollars to get in. You know, come out and, and force $7 so that to get out. So that's that right. <laughs> so that Evan Rabelais has like money to to pay for gas to get home. That's right. You know, because he's coming all the way from Baton Rouge, probably drunk and on pills and shit. And you know, like, that's it. You know, so avoid the roads when he's on his way. And if
1: you feel like punching somebody in the face, he really likes it.
2: Hey. Hey, we don't punch Evan Rabelay in the face.
1: I'm just kidding. We're not
2: We're not some cunt who who talks to her boss in the front row. That's right. We're gentlemen. We are. And uh, we like Evan Rabelais. We don't think he's a piece of shit. We mm. think he's a fine young man.
3: That's right. We're the only ones who think that.
2: Well, 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 after December 6th, it's a twist of line. There'll be plenty. Everyone will be thinking that. Because you know why? Because you're going to be the funniest guy in the room. That's right. Fuck Josh Watts. Fuck Chase Myers. They ain't shit. Yeah. They're shit. There you go. Yeah, now they're the pieces of shit. <laughs> How do you like that shit?
3: We can all get
2: behind. Yeah. <laughs> anyway.
1: Well, all right. How was your host Wayne?
2: I am Chicho. 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 Ch- and I'm going Cho- guy.
1: And we like to thank Evan for joining us once again. And uh remember people to keep it
0: battle.
2: God help!
3: I don't know where I'm going. Where am I? I'm Evan Rabelais. Someone help! I'm not famous yet, but will be someday. Help! Any anyone? Uh-huh.